The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett, and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 90. Milestone one there, Steve. And it's going to be a great show talking ADP values we love, our favorite draft values. And it's also momentous because here on Thursday, March 9th, we are officially three weeks away from MLB opening day. Very exciting. That, unfortunately, is also when I'm boarding a plane for India, so I'll miss all the early round editions, Steve. That'll be great. But uh, thank you guys all for tuning in. You guys can follow us on Twitter at WinsAbovePod. I'm at Van underscore Verified, and Steve is at Stav8818. Steve, I know uh, we're in the heart of draft season, wrapping up TGFBI. We got Razball kind of kicking off, picking up where things left off there. And home league drafts are approaching as well, which is always exciting, but uh, it's going to be a great show. Kind of a summary show uh, of uh, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about all offseason because these are the guys we love in terms of where they're going on ADP. So I'm pumped to get into it, man. How's how's it going out there? Yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, I, I, I just remember last week in our show kind of talking about spring training and it being so early and it being like, ah, you know, it's none of this really matters yet. And even if guys below is down, like they're still building up and it's, it's funny because now it's like, Oh crap, we're, we're three weeks away from, from real games. So like it, it's, it's go time. Like, uh, you know, it, it sneaks up on you so quick. It's like literally been a week. And now I'm sitting here like, Oh boy, like, uh, this is it. And especially with the world baseball classic, right? Like that f- kicks off, for it, it games are going on but I, I think this weekend is like this saturday is like where there's just games like all day which is which is cool there was a bunch of exhibition games uh today wednesday as we record this um so yeah it's it's exciting like there's meaningful baseball there's a best on best tournament happening right now which is which is awesome um so it, it's exciting stuff yeah uh I'm almost done with TGFBI, not quite. I know you, you finished up. Uh, I have my Turf League, which is part of that Earth uh, universe um, this weekend. So uh, yeah. another another NFBC draft uh, similar to, to TGFBI and uh, the On the Wire League that I've been talking about. So uh, exciting. And then the 25th is, is my big one, my, my home league. So uh, fully entrenched in draft season uh, and all about it. 
Yeah, and it's also, you know, bracket season, Steve, and we'd be remiss not to mention, because the, the timing aligns so well with our show dropping today, you guys can go out and uh, give us a vote in the fantasy baseball brackets. Last year, we pulled a, a nice little upset off against uh, Hacks and Jacks, a little friendly fire there with the pitcher list pod network as a nine seed, and uh, we got rewarded with a lower seed this year, Steve. So we need some help from the listeners because we got uh, Bubba and the Bat Flips as a powerhouse two seed we're going up against. And, you know, jokes aside, Chris that runs this, the Twitter handle is at Baseball Pods. Uh, but Chris does a great job with it. He was joking with us uh, the other day when we were talking to him. But, yeah, you guys should go out, check out the brackets. It's really cool to just see the fantasy industry at a glance and, and get some exposure there. But no question, Steve, we're not above a little shameless plug here, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, let's uh, let, let's make it make it interesting at least as a 15 seed. Uh, you know, we 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 won a round last year, which was which was nice. So uh, it, it'll be a cool to be a Cinderella story, even to do it as a as a 15 seed. But you know, uh, just just what Chris does to you know the goal of this is to spread the exposure of all these awesome podcasts that everyone does, and he does a great job doing that. So just to be even in the bracket, I think is is an honor. So. Uh, but yeah, that being said, let, let's, let's try and pull an upset. So yeah, go out and vote. That would be huge. And, uh, Steve, the, the rundown here is huge. So we should dive in head first. Um, I, I mean, overall on, on the format of the show, we're, we're pretty much looking at ADP values, right? So there's a lot of ways you can slice and dice that, but do you want to kind of run down? how we're going to go about some of these names. And I know for some buckets, we got a couple, some, we just have one we're going to focus on. So I, I think we can be a little loose, but once you give the listeners kind of the, the outline, if you will, on, on the ADP values. Yeah. I think that it's a, it's a good way to identify names that you want to target, right? Because everyone talks about sleepers and then sleepers become wide awake sleepers. And then therefore they're no longer sleepers because they shoot up draft boards. So, um, I think that it's the goal that everyone wants to achieve. Like you want to select a pick that produces more value or you want to take someone at a pick that produces more value than the pick that you used, right? You want to have excess and surplus value. That's the goal of everyone's draft. So um, guys that we, we think that we should target and guys that are being undervalued that we, we see as producing more value. Um, and the fun thing about that is like, you don't have to be, you could do that at any pick range, right? Like, you know, you could think Juan Soto, a pick seven is a value, right? Like wherever. So that's why I think it's a fun exercise to do because you can find this everywhere. It doesn't have to be a sleeper that is post pick one fifty or something like that. Um, we can go through the draft board uh, and divide it into sections as we did and try and find guys that are going to produce what you need to win your league. And that's getting more than what you pay for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think important context for us to kind of note throughout the show is, you know, the, the format of your league should factor into this quite a bit. If it's Roto five by five, there's going to be a little bit different slant. Even the depth, even the depth, even the depth of your league, right? Like, Yes. What's the what's the waiver wire like? Yeah, exactly. Right. Is it yeah? Is it weekly? A streaky guy might not be good, or you know, people have talked about average and how 
in a week-to-week format, average can be kind of a volatile thing to to bank on. What's the difference between 240 and 270 in, in a given week? So uh, th- things of that nature we can mention. But what's interesting, Steve, when I was going through my list, and you know I completely crashed and burned on my chalkboard picks last year, so I'm, you know, I'll take a small victory lap since October, November. Because we did a, a you know similar show, we talk in the off season about guys we like and everything. There are a lot of names that you and I had that weren't necessarily all over the industry, and those names have shot up to where I almost wrote down a few names, and I was like, they've already moved up so much. So I might I might name drop a couple of those, but I think we got to be a little mindful with our ADP range being in the past month of just how far those guys have moved because. You know, at some point, a value stops being a value mm-hmm, when you keep mm-hmm. scooting those guys up. So we could talk Absolutely. about all that good stuff. Um, are you ready to just jump in, Steve? Yeah, let's do it. Nice. Well, why don't you start us off? We're, we're leading off with the pick one to 50 range. So these are really the first, you know, three, four rounds of your draft, depending on league size. And Steve, you can start off and then I'll kind of uh, circle up after that. So here's one that kind of... Uh, is right to my point as to values can be anywhere. Um, my first draft value that I love is Raphael Devers. He's currently uh, at pick uh, 20 um, or the mm-hmm. 22nd overall player uh, at NFBC. We filtered from all drafts from Feb 8th to March 8th. So that's exactly a month back from today, Wednesday, when we're recording this. So I, I just find it easy maybe because I, I had a lot of shares of Devers last year and saw that happen in real time like he got hurt he had hamstring he had a hamstring injury that he spent about oh, two weeks on the IL and came back and it was just not the same player before that he was having you know one of the quintessential best Rafael Devers seasons that he ever had and it is clear in the splits in the first half in 377 plate appearances he hit 324. He had 22 homers, um, you know, uh, w- was just doing everything that you expected Rafael Devers to do. In the second half, he hit 250 and just five home runs. So the average floor that you expect from Devers was just completely gone, and then the power was just completely evaporated. He It was so clear that this guy was battling an injury, and because of that, now we're getting basically like a – 10 pick discount uh, at, at least. I know last year he was uh, around the turn of draft. So uh, around pick like 12 to 15 was where Dever was going. Um, and on top of that, it's probably what we've discussed most this off season. It is by far the hardest position to, to draft. Like if you don't get one of the top five third basements, you're in trouble. You need to either get really lucky or, you know, find something that, that hits uh, that the rest of us don't know about because if you just look at the ADP for third baseman, there's a cliff and there's a cliff for the reason. Um, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, don't have this dual eligibility um, a- a- anymore uh, as far as third base goes. You know, um, there, there's some guys that that had it in the past that no longer are, are eligible there. Um, so it, it's. It's tough. It's tough. So to get a guy who I think is a first rounder 
uh, at a second round price. I know it's only a 10 pick discount, but it's still a very good discount in, in my mind. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, Austin Riley's going one pick before him. I think I take Rafael Devers every day there just because the track record, uh, you know, the concerns that we've had about, um, also, uh, about, Riley's play this win in the very recent past. So uh, I, I'm all in at Devers at pick 22. Yeah, I love it, Steve. I know you and I both grabbed Devers in our uh, Raz Slam separate mm-hmm. leagues. Um, so, yeah, no no convincing needed here. I think another thing to point out with Devers is a, as a lefty hitter, he also gets shifted on or was shifted on in the past. Um, he hit, he hit 333 uh, in that first half period you were talking about when he was not shifted on. So, you know, obviously we don't want to blow it out of proportion, but I think that's another thing that could help Devers. And then the health, I mean, prior to last season, if you look at the three seasons prior to that, including the shortened year, pretty much was on the field like 95% of the time. So he's usually you know, an image of durability. So yeah. I, I think and he, and maybe, so maybe that hurt more. last year because he didn't really miss that that much time. He played, you know, um, yeah, you know, most of the season. It was just the fact that he was playing pretty hurt Dealing with the hamstring. Yeah. So do you think the Red Sox depleted offense will have an impact on counting stats at all with Devers? That might be the one thing. That's um, maybe, worse, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, uh, their offense, their, their team wasn't that great last year, and he still had 84 runs and 88 RBIs, um, and not a lot of games. Yeah, and and yeah, and just uh, 550. He still got 555 at bats, 614 plate appearances. So yeah. missed uh, 20 games. Though. Missed 20 games. Yeah, missed 20 games. I guess he just you know plays so much otherwise and bats so high in the lineup that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it didn't have as big of an impact on him. But, you know, uh, Bogarts is a big loss, but um, they added some pieces there that, you know, still could be okay. Um, Yoshida, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I'm not too, too concerned about it. But, you know, the fact that he only hit five home runs in the second half and still finished with 27, that, that tells me everything that I need to know. Yep. No, I love it, Steve. I'm I'm very much in on Devers. And, uh, yeah, I think just to shore up third base, we've been talking about it, like you said, so I, I couldn't agree more. In my first 50 picks value here, uh, another guy I, I believe you are high on as well, Steve, so don't expect arguments. But yeah, I was, I was going to pick this one if you didn't, so, yeah. Mr. Matt Olson, and that is with his ADP scooting up as well because it was around, I think, 48, 50, and now it's at ADP of 41. But I'm in on Matt Olson, man. And uh, for the listeners, if you missed it last year, the average came down. He only hit 240, 34 home runs, though, and 190 runs plus RBIs in his first year for the Braves. So we talk a lot about you know giving people a little bit of, of a pass when they're pressing on on a new team and he might have been you know facing some of that when you look at like his strikeout rate all the gains that he had made in 2021 where he had a 17% strikeout rate that was what the jaw dropper was in 2021 it reverted a little bit to 24% last year honestly you'll still take that K rate with Olsen just with his raw power 
but the average was the gap with a, a 240 average after posting a 271 batting average the year before. So 30 point drop there. But speaking on the shift, Matt Olson was shifted 80% of his plate appearances last year. So this is another guy that we should see that average climb up a little bit just from the shift alone. On top of that, you know, the, the BABIP was a little abnormal. He hits the ball so hard. I just really think that this guy is, is more of like a 255 hitter. Um, and other things that he had changed last year or improved on, the barrel rate was actually higher than 2021 and in 2020. So, you know, a guy who hit, I think it was 39 homers, is, is improving the barrel rate. And, you know, this, I mean, when you put it all together and look at the first base landscape, after Olsen, you wait about 50 picks to get to Jose Abreu or Vinny Pasquantino. Now, I love Vinny P in a points league where his like 14% walk rate gets there. I actually love him in general. But just to put it into perspective, on the auction calculators on fan graphs, the dollar value from Matt Olsen to Abreu, who's right after him, goes from $23 down to $11. So that just underlines how big the cliff is based on projections. And another thing is Olsen is absolutely mashing right now in spring training. Three homers, 1,700 OPS. I know we don't want to overreact to spring training, but that's what I love to see for a guy who's in year two. In in my opinion, the best offense in the league, batting in between Acuna and Austin Riley. It's his age 28 season, which is power prime. I, I see Olsen having a massive year, man. I mean, I, I think... In his sleep, we're talking 255, 35, and 190 runs plus RBIs. But I think there's a little bit of upside on the average, which we've seen as recently as the year before last. And I think he could go out and hit 40 homers. So I love Olsen here. I think it's a safe pick. I think it offers uh, some some ceiling. And I think he's closer to that first base tier in front of him with like Goldie and everybody. And that's a great tier. I don't say that lightly. I think he's closer to that group than what follows after him. So Love, love, love Olsen here. I uh, already have a share in TGFBI, but I, and I reached, by the way, and I plan to have more. So um, thoughts on Olsen, Steve? I think an ideal round, like, two, three turn for me is Devers and Olsen. Um, oh, yeah. You get, oh, yeah. like, your corners squared away. Um, their floors are just so high. I think we saw the floor for both of them last year, and it was still really good, right? Like, both, like if that's the floor for these guys – uh, sign me up. Um, I think it's a quintessential issue that we talk about new year with, with the new team. Um, it was the worst O swing of his career at 33% for Matt Olson last year. So he chased more than ever. Um, but despite that, it was the best hard hit of, uh, rate since 2018 in Oakland, uh, the highest max exit velocity of his career. Um, like you said, the barrel rate was, you know, uh, Really good. Again, the best since 2019 there. Um, yeah, I, I see no reason why you can't pencil in a batting average improvement because of the shift and how hard he hits the ball and just a regression to the norm for his power skills. So uh, uh, you don't have to do much convincing with Matt Olson for me. I, I, I love it, and I'm, you know, he's like my number one first baseman target. Uh, I think it's a great, great. Uh, spot to take him even with his ADP creeping up closer to 40 yeah and just like names going right in front of him 
in terms of hitters, I mean, there's like Jazz Chisholm, Randy Orozarena. Um, I think I'd take him in front of both of the, those guys. I think he, he kind of so moves much all more the way vo- up So like, much more volatility with a lot of the other guys. I know they yeah. steal bases, and that's why they're there. But uh, Olsen just seems like such a rock. Yeah, I think he even goes he goes up for me around like Lindor and Simeon right around like mm-hmm. ADP thirty one. So I think there's still room there because, you know, with the spring training he's having, that ADP might continue to climb. But love Devers, love Olsen, and yeah, you said it. That pairing for the corners would be massive. Um so we will get to uh fifty to a hundred and talk about some more guys, but we are gonna take our first ad break and we'll be right back. All right, so Steve, you're back up, 50 to 100. Feel free to uh, hit on a guy, or if you want to breeze through a couple, uh, the floor is yours. Uh, I'm really cheating here because his ADP, I think, is uh, exactly at 100. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I, I can't go uh, an ADP value show without mentioning my boy, George Kirby. Um, nice. Loved him last year. I think there's going to be uh, uh, another step forward this year as he – tweaks that slider and continues to improve and, and make that a, a, a strikeout pitch. He has six pitches listed on Baseball Savant, which is always cool to see. Um, but, you know, Kirby, what, what Kirby did last year um, was really without a true breaking ball strikeout pitch. Um, I know it got better towards the end of the year, but... Uh, he did a lot of what he did because his fastball was so good. Um, it allowed just a 221 batting average against. It had a 30% strikeout percentage, um, a 208x batting average. So um, really, really good stuff for the fastball. But the, what was missing was that true put-away pitch. Um, the, the, the fastball actually had the highest whiff percentage for any pitch, which is which is crazy, right? You never see that uh, mm-hmm. for really any pitcher, like no matter how bad, you know, they are like, you know, you get your most whiffs with breaking stuff. So yep. um, there's been pieces in the off season that he is tinkering with that slaughter. Um, he added in a, uh, a, a sinker, I believe at time um, to get a lot of call strikes that led to, uh, you know, a, 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 his big run in August and September. Um, so I really think that th- this guy is just one slider tweak away, um, uh, from becoming a, a fantasy ace. And, uh, I, you know, we say that pick 100 is a sweet spot to, to be picking starters. Uh, I think George Kirby is the pitcher to be picking in that sweet spot. You're, uh, Music to my ears right now, Steve, because Kirby is another guy that uh, I, I grabbed in TGFBI, so love to hear it. Um, you know, the Mariners let their starters go, and that's, I think, an encouraging thing right now. You know, in addition to everything you said, Steve, because he had a strikeout per inning last year, but if the slider evolves and he's got more swing and miss, I think he could really rack up some numbers because projections have him at like 145 innings after pitching 130 last year. But if you go over to Logan Gilbert, who's similarly, you know, basically a pitching prospect they were trying to ease in and protect long term. Gilbert had 119 innings in 2021, so 11 less than Kirby did last year. And then this past season, they ramped 
Logan Gilbert all the way from 119 innings up to 185. So if, you know, they're kind of treating Kirby in the same manner, I don't know that we can bank on 180, but I think 160, 170 to me is not out of the question. I mean, like this is this is what the Mariners do, and this is the window when they're trying to push. So I love Kirby. I think the upside lies with the volume. There's a super high floor, even as young as he is, with the command just having a 4.1% walk rate last year is ridiculous. So, yeah, I think uh, Kirby is a, a great name there. And like you said, it's in that sweet spot of starting pitchers where I think you're fine if he's your SP2, but I think you're in great shape if he's your SP3. So love Love the call there with Kirby, and again, love the confirmation on uh, my, my TGFBI staff. So, into it. Yeah, um, the, to, to close out with Kirby on the slider, the PLV was 5.33, and the league average on that is 5.11. So, a pitch that, you know, a lot of guys are good at in, in the slider, right? He was still above average with it um, based on PLV. Um, so... You know that that shows just how good he is, even without you know the pure whiff slider that he has. It, it was still a good pitch overall, but uh, I, I think it can get better as he's been working on in the offseason. As there's been several reports, so uh, I, I like Kirby a lot for sure. Okay, so moving to a guy I've been talking about, we've been talking about as an industry all offseason, but I can't let the hype fade on Vinny Pasquantino. And, you know, surprisingly, his ADP has actually kind of normalized, you know, in the, you know, basically coming up on the holidays, his ADP was down at about 87. And now Pasquantino is actually at 93 on the ADP. And I think this is a value. Now, there is a note that Vinny P skyrockets if we're talking a points league because of the walk rate. And the plus on his batting average, if you're not getting credit for walks, it kind of hurts you a little bit because he walks so much that that good average isn't going to impact your stats as much if you're in like a 5 by 5 roto, which might be factoring in for his ADP. But I still think where a lot of projections have him around 280 and like 20 homers, and I know we talked on the PLV show with Kyle Bland that that's kind of how he looked based on his pitch level value stats from last year. I think what we're overlooking is that that's what we saw last year in 72 games when he had a really slow start. But I don't think that's the real Vinny Pasquantino. His ISO last year in that sample was a 155. Through the minors, he has always been a 250 ISO guy. Like he is a slugger when he gets dialed in. Uh, his homer to fly ball ratio was 11% last year. It's usually in the upper teens. I saw him launch one in spring training the other day, and I was like, that looks like raw power, real power. Um, and he was ninth in the league last year in hard contact rate. So if it's a small tweak from elevating, uh, you know, and maybe he'll, he'll take singles and, and accept that he's kind of a contact hitter, but I think he's going to find his way closer to 25, 30, and maybe 30-plus homers. And if he can do that with, like, a 290 batting average, like, look out. This, I mean, he's still in the Royals lineup, but they're getting better. He was 11th in the league in strikeout rate last year. 11th in the league with those tools as, like, a power contact guy. I still think at, at pick 93, in my opinion, I've seen enough 
from Vinny Pasquantino to think that this is the last year you're going to get him here. Every year from here on in, he's going to be a top 50 guy, and I think you're, you're looking at a discount right now. So I know it's kind of, uh, in a funny way, a, a vanilla one because he's such an exciting player, but it's vanilla because everyone knows that Vinny P is a big name. But, you know, you can look up and down the stat sheet. He was second in the league and expected batting average last year. Like, this guy has a really unique, almost triple crown skill set if he can tap into the power a bit more. So uh, I, I love Pascantino, and I, I still think he's a great value here, especially in points leagues. Double everything I just said in points leagues. But, Steve, uh, I actually don't have a share to date in, in my few drafts that I've had, but... Uh, hoping to change change that soon. What are your thoughts on Pasquantino at ninety three? I think that his power is being under underrated because you just look at you know a decently a decent sized sample from last year. You see an eight point eight power rate, but like you said, a lot of that came from the first month and a half where he just struggled with just pounding everything into the ground. Right? Um, he had an eleven point one percent fly ball uh, homer on the fly ball ratio last year. Uh, he's never had lower than 14.4% at any stop in the minors. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so I, I just don't think that Vinny Pasquantino is an 8.8% power rate guy and an 11% homer and the fly ball rate guy. I think it's more closer to 10 to 12% and just you know yep. uh, a much higher homer and the fly ball ratio, just looking at the guy and seeing what he can do to baseballs. Um, and honestly, maybe the fact that he does have such good bat-to-ball skills and a hit tool that, and you know the, the strikeout-to-walk ratio, maybe you know the narrative is sort of forming that he isn't this power hitter. Um, I know also the fact that he plays his home games at Kauffman Stadium isn't great. So uh, I think that there is just um, a decent underestimate, underestimating of his power by the entire market. So... Uh, you know, he had 18 home runs at AAA uh, in 73 games before coming up last year. So uh, that was uh, good enough for uh, an ISO of 284. Uh, yeah, his ISOs at every stop in the Myers were much, much higher than 155. Like, at minimum, this guy's a 200 ISO guy. Uh, yeah. And if he's going to hit close to 300, that's close to a 500 slug, which is, you know, chef's kiss. Well, get ready because we're going to see him for uh, Team Italy in the World Baseball Classic. But in the four games he did have in spring training, uh, 444 average, a homer, four RBIs, 1,300 OPS. So, yeah, I'm all systems go for Vinny P. Uh, you know, and again, shocking. You got to you got to get shares because you followed that account. Like, is Vinny P up? You dropped them just before he came up. I know you gotta get you gotta get some shares. This just, is like just, my uh, this is my podcast share of, yeah. of Vinny P, but I need some actual ones. All right, in, yeah, in, yeah. in our, uh, it, 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 I think we're running back the podcast league again this year. I think uh, if it, we have, we'll, we'll make a promise that we have to draft him onto the wins above fantasy team. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. So, all right. So, Steve, anybody else you wanted to uh, mention or hit on in this no, range? No, I, I, I think I think I think we could we could head right to the to, to the next. Okay, uh, let's group, jump in. So players, post yeah. post 100 to pick 200, who are you cir- circling in this range? So this is a name that's come up to me. I think uh, SP Streamer, Michael Simeon, has been tweeting about him. Uh, I know Pitching Ninja loves him and, and is always putting up gifts, of, especially after his strikeouts and the things that he does. Uh, it, it's, it's Lance Lynn. Uh, I nice. think that there is a 
a reason why he's going so late in drafts. Uh, he's around pick. Uh, I swear I have it up. One forty. One forty. Yeah. Um, he is going yeah, at one thirty-five. One thirty-five. Um, one thirty-eight ADP. One hundred thirty-fifth player off the board. Um, I think it's ageism and just the fact that he wasn't great for the first, you know, half of his starts last year. I know he started injured, but uh, the first 60 innings or so were, were pretty bad. Um, the overall line didn't look great last year, too. Uh, just a 399 ERA. Um, all the ERA estimators were, were much better, but um, I, I think that it was easy to miss what Lance Lynn did in the second half um once he got right um he had a 252 era um and a 25 percent 26 percent strikeout rate and just a six percent walk rate um so uh sorry a three percent walk rate 26 percent strikeout rate three percent walk rate so much similar to the lance lynn that we've come to know and love over the last few years where he's become like a borderline sp1 like as good as you get sp2 sort of thing um maybe that's a little bit of a high end for for lynn but you know he he's he's been really really solid and i think the fact that you know he's old fat and like you know didn't have a a great start after people held on to him on on their il this start last year that's a recipe for uh um for for you falling in drafts and therefore being a value and no offense to lentil i i know he's made jokes about his body type there you know where we are we are not a body shaming podcast whatsoever i i love lance lynn uh for for all that he is in every single way so uh yeah i i think that lance lynn is a great value i think that he can definitely produce you know um top 30 ish starting pitcher value and he's going i think pretty far outside there i'm filtering it on on just pitchers and, and looking where where lynn is so it's going to include some relievers, but uh, he's being drafted as a 51st pitcher off the board. Like, yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be 50 pitchers better than Lance Lynn this year. No, I don't think so. I, I was high on him last uh, off season as well. And, you know, it's just for, for three years, he looked the same coming into last year. So I think it, it's too soon to, to say that this is like a, a new Lance Lynn. And he was the same in, in the second half. Yeah. You yeah. know, right. Yeah, so like you're, that was you're literally was. talking yeah. about like seven eighths of his past four years have yeah. looked like an SP two pretty much, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I mean he was being drafted in like the you know top sixty overall players uh, just you know twelve months ago. So yeah, I I think I totally agree. Uh, more soft analysis, but you know being closer to Chicago, like the White Sox had a shadow over them last uh-huh. year. I know everyone knows Everything that, went was, wrong. Everything It went was wrong. truly like anything and everything. So I think with new manager, new vibes, uh, I think that not only is a, a good player to count on a bounce back, but I love the price at, oh. at a 138 ADP. Our, our boy Rich is all over the White Sox as a bounce back uh, team this year. Uh talking just futures with him uh, last week so hey uh, i'm gonna be out in yeah. vegas if rich wants to you know have me hit up caesar's for him yeah. or something I'm <laughs> there just you go saying. just saying <laughs> okay well um this is the range steve where hold on to your seat because i can't believe i'm even saying this but every part of me wanted to say 
Lars Newt Bar is my guy in this range because I love Newt and we love Newt and we reached drastically for our OBP Dynasty League for Newt. But if we're not talking OBP, I got to say that the the helium is getting a little out of control with Newt. And I think it's A, the industry loves him. B, outfield is so thin that there's a position jump there. But when we talked about Newt Bar like two months ago... That was in an ADP of 225. He's already jumped 50, 50 spots. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I know, like, I know there is a lot to be excited about. His barrel rate jumped from 4% in 21 to 12% last year. There was all the driveline stuff, the bat speed. Like, I'm still super excited about Newt. However, a little bit of cold water on it. His, his PLV power stats look a little bit low, which was all from last year. Um, I think that crowded outfield is going to be a yeah, little bit of a that, headache. That's what I was going to say. Like, th- this is fifty pick jump without like a full time confirmed role. I think it, I think at the most, and unless they make a trade, at the most, Newt Bar will play four out of five games, and then I think they're going to cycle like a Donovan, mm-hmm. Yepes, Walker's obviously forced his way into that discussion, which is super exciting. I just think now when I look at the ADP landscape. I'm a little worried he looks a lot like a Joey Manessis with a little bit more speed who's going like 20, 30 picks later. So I'm, you know, I just couldn't put Newt on this list because I think, you know, unlike Vinny P, where it's like I still love the price, mm-hmm. like an ADP of 175 in a five by five league, like there is a chance that Newt Bar just from volume is like a 265, you know, 20 homer, but no more and five steals and like. I just don't know. I don't know where they're going to have him in the order. I love it as a boom-bust pick. I love it, love it in points or an OBP league, but it's, it's getting a little pricey. And I guess, I guess another thing about value is, uh, or another way to look at it, maybe we should hit on this in the top of the show, but can you find similar production at a later price, right? Like, I, And I think that Joey Manessis example, I was actually going to put him on as one of mine, but we could talk about him here, like, is that like an older, unsexy version of large new bar on the on the Nationals? Just you know, um, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I know new, that there's new. there's a lot of questions with with Manessis too, but a lot under the hood looks looks pretty good. It doesn't look like a you know. Um, Doesn't look like a fluke. Uh, he's, yeah, he's in the heart uh, of the order. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think who who's the comparison for from 2021 for for. Um, for new bar, like a, just an older veteran who came up and was kind of like, um, like a Patrick wisdom or something like that, you know, um, yeah. or Frank Schwindel is the, is the example. I think that That's Derek Van Riper yeah. and, and, you know, you know, Saris have used, uh, like, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think Manessis is that. So, you know, is that a way to get the similar production without having to pay for the market hype? of uh, of a guy that everyone is in on so i think that that is a way to to find value too and it, i think it's hard too because it's hard not to ride the momentum of the market and go for that ooh pick and the name everybody wants but it might not be the way to find value yeah definitely i mean oscar gonzalez is a, a good play 20 30 picks back as well like it's not a terrible spot to grab like an outfielder three or four, and again, I love Newt. I think as long as you're set up to to where you can afford that, that is, you know, you're paying for the upside there. So just just be prepared to pick 175 for Newt. All that to say, he is not my pick on 100 to 200. 
Who I'm going with, Steve, is is Jeffrey Springs at pick 172, another guy who I grabbed in TGFBI. I know we talked with Nick Pollock on our PLV episode. You guys got to tune into that if you missed it. But PLV model loves Jeffrey Springs, and a lot of it's the changeup. But last year, I mean, coming from the bullpen, last year he got 135 innings with the Rays, over a strikeout per inning, a 246 ERA, a 107 whip. And there's just so much to like that strikeout or that walk rate was just 5.6%. Uh, the XERA was low threes as well. Um, getting into the actual pitch mix, he's pretty much equal, more or less, fastball, changeup, slider guy. And the changeup and the slider both had a, a PLA, which is basically the ERA value, true ERA value of that pitch. The changeup and the slider were both a 323. So, you know, at a pitch by pitch basis, regardless of, of what the hitter did, what we saw is that he's, you know, for the most part, a low threes guy. I think when you look at the fact that the changeup has a 23% swing strike rate, league average being 13%, like that is an elite changeup. The slider, for being as good as it was, just a 10% swing strike rate. So that could even get better. Uh, he locates the fastball high. It's just kind of a, you know, more or less a show-me pitch to set up uh, his off-speed and breaking stuff. But I think with Glass now shelved for six, eight weeks, you know, the the, the Rays are probably going to look at Springs and hope to get 150 out of him. So if they do, I think we could see 160-plus strikeouts with elite ratios, and he's going at an ADP of 172. So I like Springs a lot. I think as an SP 4 or 5 you're doing really well if you have springs kind of rounding out your rotation. The Rays are just so good with these changeup guys. It's just so funny looking at springs. Is, uh, you know, on Savant, they have that the graph of just, you know, pitch usage. Um, uh-huh. And you just see the changeup just like shoot up last year. It's like, oh, that, that that's why he did good. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that springs is a great pick. I, I, I like Drew Rasmussen too. Like, Basically, any one of these guys, like the Rays, just know how to get the most out of it. So, um, and and it leads to a lot of these value guys because, yeah, they do limit their innings, but I think that does lead to um, draft day value, right? Like, you're fine if you get 150 innings from from Springs again. Um, you know, you could totally. make up that 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 elsewhere, and you know. Uh, Sign me up for you know it might not be a two four six ERA like it was last year in hundred thirty five innings but hey anything within like a run of that is really good. Well, and he's thirty years old, but you're talking about a guy who has two hundred sixty five innings on his you know mileage since he's been in the majors. So like being a reliever before this, you know thirty innings a season like that's that's kind of rested the arm a little bit. So I'm hoping there's some durability with that one fifty. So. Uh, yeah, I like Springs. I think he's a really, really sound way to round out the rotation. But uh, let's let's move into uh, the 200 pick range and beyond. We'll do after 200, after 300, but we'll get into those after our second ad break, and we'll be right back. Okay, so Steve, uh, the pendulum is back on you. I know we've uh, kind of thrown out some hitters, some batters. Where are you going on this one? Um, this one is more of, uh, a gut and just like, uh, I, I, I know the last year was really bad and, uh, who knows, but 
I, I like Jesse Winker this year. I think it's a. I liked him going into last year. I know that there probably wasn't uh, the smartest decision with him going from Cincinnati to um, Seattle, Seattle. Yeah. but he is now back in a, in a hitter friendly uh, environment in Milwaukee. Um, you know, Saras on rates and barrels mentioned that he spoke with Winker and he was like, yeah, I don't want to make excuses, man, but I was hurt all year last year. Um, so he now has an off season to get right and should be fully healthy. Um, and if he's anything close to what he was in 2021, like, um, you know, he was kind of like the, the, the riser, right. Uh, up, up draft boards, uh, you know, around pick a hundred after he finally, um, put it all together and was able to hold his own against lefties and have that massive season like he did in 2021. And the stack cast page was bright red and the, all the PLV numbers, uh, were well above average and he just looked like a sound hitter and then it all just fell apart too and then more of the soft analysis too he basically said that like i didn't fit in on this seattle team like they were a young team that all these prospects came up and hit at the same time and they all knew each other um and he was this guy that was brought in that was just like an outsider and like was like yeah i was playing hurt i didn't fit in with this team and uh now it's just a fresh start uh, w- with a team that, you know, does well with these sort of players, right? Like, look what they got out of Hunter Renfro last year. Um, I, I, you know, Winker's eye was still there. His chase rate was still elite. His walk rate was still really, really good. Didn't strike out that much. Um, and sure, they, the exit velocities and max EVs and hard hit percentages were all down. But if you could if write that off injured. to injured, then, you know, uh, the 13.5 percent barrel rate from 2020 and 11.2 percent barrel rate are you know larger samples and you know maybe we could regress back closer to that from the 7.6 percent that he put up uh, last year when he was hurt. I mean he's still just 29 years old, um, has that great plate discipline that when you pair it with um, the good bat to ball skills and and power skills, uh, it, it comes together nicely for Winker. So in that ballpark. Um, with a fresh start and hopefully health, I think Winker can be a great value. It's kind of just like the whole draft community has just written him off. Uh, he's now going, you know, I think I pick like two fifty around there. Yeah, um, two forty six. Uh, two forty six. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, and, and like we said about outfield, like uh, sign me up with Winker as my outfield four or five, right? Like that is a great upside pick that could provide a lot a lot of value yeah it's it's a really good call i think you know we have moved on a little bit too quick i mean that said you know there there's reasons why he's down there with like you mm-hmm. know he's gonna pl- he's probably gonna be a platoon uh with his splits i mean hits hits righties really well but lefties has always been kind of a uh a little bit of a struggle so i think they have him set to platoon there um, but the clubhouse wise, I, you know, I heard an interview where Yelich was talking about the excitement of like some veterans um, and he mentioned Jesse Winker by name and how, you know, there were good vibes there. So maybe that's on the soft analysis side, a, a plus one thing, and maybe it's cardinal bias, but I do feel like the Brewers have let me down on developing hitters compared to their, their pitchers, just because, you know, I I think Renfro had an even better year with the Red Sox. I remember years back, everyone was gassed up about Travis Shaw. 
They completely squandered that one. I guess Rowdy Telez, they yeah. got some good production out of it, to uh, Will, Willie Adames, too. Um, I mean, Christian Yelich had MVP years when, when he came over there. So for sure, Yelich. So that one's uh, that, that's a while yeah, back, yeah. A while that's back. that's not Adamas is a good is a good call. Yeah. Um, but like Keston Hero, we were all excited about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, yeah, I, maybe I'm holding them to a higher standard because of what they've done with pitching, and it feels like with pitching that good, why are they not? you know, winning the NL Central usually. And it's, to me, comes back to, like, run production and everything. But maybe maybe Winker, uh, you know, being the NL Central guy in the past um, and just playing within that role. I'm curious. I don't know off the top of my head where he's slated to hit. Uh, he's currently fifth on roster resource. But one thing that will I will say about the platoon risk, like, it's the Brewers. They're, they're, they're penny pitching where they can. Like, if Winker is able to you know just keep his head above water against lefties like True. they're going to start him the, the the bench right now is Victor Caratini, Mike Brosseau, um Keston Hira and Tyler Nyquin like uh, yeah Brosseau might be uh um hopefully Sal Freelick soon yeah Sal Freelick too but, yes. um, they got some guys coming up so um but it's not like murderer's row or or just this amazing hitter waiting to to take his 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 job, like the at bats for there for Winker for the taking, if if he performs, that's a good point. And he wasn't dreadful dreadful last year against lefties. He was he had been the years before, yes. but last year he actually hit for a better average against lefties at two forty four average, uh, you know, and and some pops. So that's a good point, Steve. I mean, if he is producing there, maybe we're writing that off a little bit too quickly on him being a, a platoon guy on a permanent basis. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's fair, and I like Winker, especially with the outfield landscape. That's that's a great call. Um, another guy I, I've talked about that I'm I'm still excited about, and I, I think he's another one who's moved up yeah. about twenty picks in recent months. But it's Andrew Heaney at at pick two seventeen. I thought about Hunter Brown, but I kind of looked at this as you know Heaney. We just saw it, and I think if there's innings concerns with Heaney, I think it's something that you can backfill if, if you have an IL slot, at least. Um, it's like what we used to do with Rich Hill back in the day. But, you know, the Rangers have a lot of good momentum mm-hmm. going on with their pitching staff right now. Eovaldi, obviously DeGrom, but Heaney's right at the heart of that. And he's working on integrating his changeup a lot more this season. Uh, there was an article, he always laughs about kind of his his preseason guy. He says he's one of the worst spring training pitchers there is, but he re- he really took a lot of good things from his last outing with the changeup. So I think, you know, when you when you look at Heaney at pick 217, the easiest way to see why this is such a value is just how elite he was when he was with the Dodgers last year with a 35% K rate and a 6% walk rate. Like, even if there's some regression there, you know, he's had a home run bugaboo in the past. If you Even if you make him a, you know, mid-high three ERA guy, you're still getting that swing and miss stuff with a, a good club with the Rangers that he should have some run support as well. Um, you know, the sweeper that he introduced last year was, you know, elite. The the fastball had the fifth highest CSW among the, the league in fastballs. So I just really like it for Heaney. And I feel like deep down, I would, I would consider Heaney if he was, ADP 170, 175, but the fact that it's 217, I still really like this, and I think I'll, I'll definitely have some shares 
there's volatility there that I don't want him on every single roster, but I, I think Heaney has proven that he has the stuff that a lot of pitchers around him, you're kind of hoping and speculating and saying if they do this or if they do that, where we just saw it from Heaney. He just has to stay healthy and keep doing it. Yeah, and the Rangers have had a lot of success with, with veteran pitchers. We saw it just recently last year with John Gray. Um, you know, they, they, they're they're good with this this type of profile. Um, you know, Gray battled some of his own injuries in, in the past, too, and I know that there was an IL stint or two last year, but he was relatively healthy. Um, so maybe uh, Texas is able to figure that out. Um, so I, you I got like Bruce it. The, you got yeah, Bruce Bochy. Yeah, yeah, you know. exactly, exactly. Uh, the stuff, the stuff has never really been a question. I mean, it, it kind of was fully unlocked last year by the Dodgers. Who would have thunk that that the Dodgers did that? Um, so if he's able to stay healthy, that's great. And it's like, like you know, it's at it's starting to become where the pick where where it only is value, right? Because you can kind of just move on from Heaney uh, at that pick too. I think it's just the market is just so so. Concern and rightfully so about about the health um, that there really is not much downside with this pick and I think yeah it could be a great value pick. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was another reason why I kind of chose him o- over Hunter Brown is mm-hmm. w- with Heaney. If it goes wrong, I think you're moving on with, with more confidence. Mm-hmm. But I think with like Hunter Brown, it's going to be it, it could be Aaron Ashby all over again mm-hmm. where it's like the the hipster, the heading headache inducing starting pitcher that stifles the entire roster. Like that could be Hunter Brown for two, three months. And we'd mm-hmm. all be like, Oh man, we fell into this trap with Ashby Heaney. If he gets injured, you move on. If you know, he's getting clobbered like the old days, you move on. Uh, but I think if it works out, you're talking about a guy who's going to be like a top 30 SP when he's on the field. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's well worth the value. So uh, let's move to beyond pick 300, Steve. We're getting deep here, but these ones are, are kind of the most fun and tend to have the most movement up and down draft boards as well. So start us out with your ADP value that you like past pick 300. Yeah, I still wanted to put Andrew Painter here, uh, despite us having to put in uh, uh, a, a, a post-recorded clip about the injury last week, and we still don't, shockingly, don't even know. Um Yet uh, his ADP right now is at 299, so there was a lot of uh, 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 helium uh, in, in recent months. Uh, I know that uh, I think you probably draft them in TGFBI um, mm-hmm. ahead of that, uh, but you know, in the recent days, he's been picked 300, 350, 390 just because yep. it's like, all right, I'm just taking a shot on injury news, um, and I'll be okay. Um, but there was a news announced, I think, today that he is most likely avoiding surgery, uh, which is great news. But he will have to take some time off from throwing, which, hey, um, at this point now, it's like, OK, maybe we can expect Painter at the All-Star break or something like that. Um, but this also goes to tell me that, like, hey, this guy was going to make the rotation pretty much uh, out of spring as a 19-year-old because it's just yeah. this injury that, that's holding him back. So um, maybe now they're just limited injuries as they normally would with it with a young starting pitcher. But, um, yeah, the stuff just speaks for itself. Like, even when he did pitch in spring training, he was touching 99, just, you know, wowing, like Carlos Correa and things like that. So, um, 
yeah, it's still more of just, you know, a coin flip and hope you get lucky with, with the injury news. But um, I, I just still don't see how Painters is going to be in a value uh, and that maybe that will be laughing about this injury scare uh, as as his ADP um, is suppressed by this after it was starting to get all that momentum as we were heading into the middle of the spring. Like, right, like his he was going to yes. be like a pick 200 pitcher. Like he was going to be around there. That That's where it was headed uh, before this injury news. Yeah, I think it's it's providing a discount. He's one that, like, you know, when we get to the crunch time of drafts, it's like check Twitter, check the late. Like, if, if the round turns to your pick, before you make another selection, see if there's an injury update on, <laughs> on Andrew Painter. Because if it's remotely good news, yeah, this, this is basically Grayson Rodriguez that you can get 100, 150 picks later um, with a better – a better ball club to, to set him up for wins potential. So man, it would just be a much more fun spring if we have Andrew painter in it. So yeah, that's, that's, that's hard to argue with there, Steve. Um, my last two, I'm kind of cheating as well because I, uh, I'm doing two instead of one and I can't help myself, but the one that's, that's going to be shorter is I got to talk about Brendan Donovan again. I, I did last week. If you miss the show, basically hit another, homer, about, hit another homer today. That's what I'm talking about, man. He right now, Brennan Donovan. He had a he had a swing stance change. If you look at the side by side photos, completely different. Uh, he added pa- like 10 pounds of muscle in the off season. He has a more upright swing, and this is a guy who had like 90th percentile strikeout rate and walk rate, like phenomenal plate discipline, like a 280 hitter. Right now. In eight games, he has three home runs and nine RBIs. And this is just how it happens sometimes for the Cardinals' devil magic. And, like, until he slows down in spring training, I am continuing to say that, like, something could be happening here with Brendan Donovan while everyone else is talking about Jordan Walker and Lars Newtbar. Like, this could be legit. So, uh, like, the narrative should follow the spring training hype, and there is a clear narrative with, you know, the, the work on the body, the work on the batting stance, and we're seeing instant results right now. So, I mean, Donovan throughout the minors never really had the pop either, but some people, you know, it kind of unlocks. And he has ran in the past as well. So with the bigger bases, you know, if this kind of works out, it could be, oh, man, this is, this is bold. This is ahead of the industry, but this could be, 280 average, 20 homers, 10 steals, and you're getting him at pick 300. So uh, I like Donovan. I think they're going to make him that super util who might play as much as Lars Newtbar, like four out of five games. So really like Donovan. But the one that I wanted to, to truly focus on was Oscar Colas. And this is a guy, Steve, we got in our dynasty league. We were pumped up about the news from the manager that he'll get the chance to win the outfield job over Gavin Sheets. His ADP, I'm kind of cheating a little bit because it's 297, but it was 480 a month ago. So he has jumped almost 200 spots. A lot of that was from the report that he's going to get a chance to win uh, the role. And this, you know, White Sox phenom, all of the players are like buzzing about how he is the real deal and he looks like a machine. Last year in all levels in, in 2022, he had 23 homers in just 117 games and hit over 300. Uh, right now in spring training, uh, he is also on fire. So Colas, let me pull it up. 
Colas is hitting 391 right now. Uh, so if they're saying he has a shot and he's, you know, practically batting 400 in <laughs> he's, spring training, he's, he's like he's it, taking yeah. his chance. So, yeah, ATC has his projections at 74 games, so pretty much a half a season with 11 homers, three steals, and an average of 250. But I think we might be talking about a guy whose batting average could be closer to, like, splitting the difference on 300 and 250. Yeah, just super exciting, very toolsy. I, I, I think this could be a steal at pick 300 for, for Colas. This is one of those things where, like, all the projection systems are, like, hedging their bet and projecting him for, like, 98 to 115 games. Um, but all of those systems have him for around, like, 12 to 15 homers. Uh, but he's either going to win the job and play, you know, close to 150 or, you know, or not. And it looks like he's going to win the job. So then, you know, prorate that and you're around a 20 homer hitter that could hit, you know, 275 that maybe has some power upside like yeah i'm all about it and the buzz around him and and how he's faring in spring training is just exciting you know he's he's 24 years old already like you know he he's not the typical young prospect that has to come up and and adjust right like uh i believe he played professionally in in cuba too so um it, it, it's it's slightly different than like your normal prospect, you know, route. Uh, he yep. played in the uh, in, in Japan in the NPB, uh, which is which is pretty 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 cool um, and interesting. Yeah. He is he is Cuban though, but um, played over in Japan. So uh, exciting stuff. I think he was a two way player too at one point, um, but he's not going to to pitch. But Hey, maybe Will is a He's got a cannon. Yeah, maybe Will is a position player and actually be like a, a you know, Viable, a, for, a yeah. formidable pitcher, which would be which would be funny. One other thing on on Colas is his projections have him at like a twenty seven percent K rate, and it was kind of high last year, but so far in the preseason, across twenty three at bats, which by the way is the second highest for the White Sox, so they're definitely mm-hmm. getting a they're long looking, look at him. Yep. He has one strikeout in twenty three at bats. So that plate discipline is something you should watch closer in spring training, and it looks good right now for Colas. So I'm uh, I'm interested. I will have some shares in in the deeper leagues for sure, and we already got a share, Steve. So that's that's great. But yeah, Donovan and Colas, super deep ones that I think uh, you know could be rising fast in the near future. But uh, that that wraps us up, Steve. Uh, I think you know we've talked about it enough that we really got to pull the trigger on getting our our team best ball in on nfbc let's just let's just do it like this week man we yeah gotta, let's we let's let's moving. uh let's do it this week i know we we got another uh another show to do here um but well yeah well let's let's fire one up we'll do a best ball um and and then we could yeah talk about that maybe we do it uh we could do it like, and then talk about it on the show uh right there after which, which would be fun yeah, love it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be here, you guys, every, every Thursday from here through the season. So yeah. we're back on the weekly plan, which is great. And, yeah, if you guys uh, stayed with us this long, appreciate you listening. And, again, the shameless plug, go out, give us a vote on the baseball pods bracket. Let's make a little noise out there. It's March, baby. So uh, that, that wraps us up for episode 90. 
As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at WinsAbovePod. I'm at Van underscore Verified, and Steve is at Stav8818. Rounds us out. We'll uh, talk to you next Thursday, but thanks for talking baseball with us, guys. Thanks, guys. Later.